Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Now you're welcome along to the Huddle Breakdown. I'm Enda Call, and as you can tell from the title, I'm pretty happy today because Celtic have won five games on the trot and the gap to Rangers is narrowing in the league. Jico James and Alan Morrison are with me as always. Gentlemen, how are we getting on? Good, thanks. Be- better now that you're back, sweetheart. <laughs> no. <laughs> I missed you guys. I know, I, I, know that, I know that everybody watching has missed me too. So, I mean, it, it, it was fun, but it was a bit like toddlers in the sandpit. Kind of getting on with it. No one's getting hurt as such, but you know, it's just not, <laughs> it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the quality of analysis went up, but I think the, uh, the quality of the people on screen, you know, just looking at them went down a little bit. The, you know, the good looking person, yeah, the, yeah. The, you, you the charmer looks, of the group. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So listen, um, it's a, it's been a fun couple of weeks for once. Um, Celtic have now won five games on the trot. I know it's it's not all league games. You're counting the Ferenc Barros game in, in there as well. But again, that's Europa League. So that's almost doubly important when you're thinking about the, the broad aspect of the club. So last night, Celtic 3-1 against Hibs in Easter Road, which is a really good result considering the... Uh, previous results at that ground. Anthony Ralston got the opener, Carter Vickers with a second and then Kyogo finished it off in an, an exhilarating first half or so I've heard because I was actually training and uh, I missed the first half. I got the second half. I got the uh, combative, you know, the backs, not, not so much backs to the wall, but the, the well-disciplined half from Celtic. And I seem to have missed the uh, really exciting first half. Obviously I watched back the highlights, but uh, listen, uh, we'll start off good, positive results. Good positive performances. Ang said that the first half was probably the first, the best that they've played this year. So, James, interested to get your thoughts on that. Is it the best that Celtic have played all year? Uh, pretty close. I mean, I think uh, the part with um, part of the game against Betis, I think, was probably the other uh, that would stand out as far as and given the level of opponent, I could make it maybe a case for that. But yeah, I think. Um, the electric nature of the ball movement and and off the ball movement from players, some of the one touch, uh, I think that that's was the most exciting part of um, really about forty minutes um, yesterday in the first half, and it, it was. I mean, it was just amazing. Alan, what do you think? Yeah, it was interesting that the the quick passing and movement, and actually the. The pressing really that's what we're seeing we're seeing aspects of the way Postacoglu wants to play coming through now it, 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 it's in some game it's all going to click together what really came through against Hibs was the amount of time they won the ball back high up the pitch uh, I think Hibs gave it away about eight times in the first half I've only captured the first half data um, I probably don't need to capture the rest, to be honest. But in the first half, they lost the ball in their own third, last in their own third around eight times. And it was what was interesting was that the goals actually came from set pieces, <laughs> ironically. But um, but the, but the reason that the Celtic won those set pieces in good positions was because people were breaking at pace, and, and they're almost like you know desperate, desperate fouls to pull people down because otherwise you you, you had Rogic or whatever breaking at pace at the back at, at the central defenders so that 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 high press and that ability to move the ball caused secondary issues for for Hibs you're not 
necessarily the best at defending set pieces anyway, and, and they were pretty poor in defending those two. Um, and so that, that 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 provided the plot for for those. And then of course the third goal was a direct result of that that pace and movement, which again a turnover. Hibs were harried into losing the ball to Yota, Yota to um, you know to Rogic, to, and then back to Yota, and then to Kyogo for the tap in was 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 you know again. When you saw the highlight reel of Marino's uh, Postacoglu's last team, that that Kyogo goal was, was something you saw quite a lot of. So hopefully, there's more of that to come. Yeah, um, keep your comments coming. Some early comments coming in. Uh, Strange love the doctor is saying glad to have you back, Ender. But the fellows are a great listen anyway. I agree with that. Uh, the lads did a, a fairly strong job last week in my uh, in my absence. Hopefully, I won't be absent for too much longer um interesting that you mentioned the high press and how successful that was for us and i i think that was largely down to a change in the for not the formation but the the lineup of the formation with mikey johnson coming into the forward line he went into the left jota went to the right and for a hashi through the middle mikey johnson's an interesting uh, example of a player that you know, in previous regimes may have been looking like he was probably edging out the door, might not have had the, the qualities necessary to to play the game plan. But Alan, I know you're sort of focusing on, on him pre-game in terms of what he can bring to an iron system. And he does seem to have what is necessary to play a high press, high intensity game that, you know, you can give it to Jota to to get, have the, the end product or Kyogo to have the end product but he has the ability to uh, enforce this high press more than certain other players that we have. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the way these cameo appearances in the last two games, he'd looked really motivated. He'd looked really strong. Uh, he created a lot of danger in a very short period of time in both those games. Um, unfortunately, and again, I've only just done the first half. Um, he, he was probably the biggest disappointment on the night, uh, sadly, for me. Um, in the first half, he lost the ball in the final third eight times, which is as many times as any as the rest of the team put together. He, um, you know, he, he had two unsuccessful, well, one, actually one unsuccessful cross, a couple of unsuccessful dribbles. He was cut offside twice. Um, he lost the ball in possession seven times. He was caught in possession with the ball. He lost another two tackles on top of that, but at least Celtic won the throw or what have you. Where he was good, he was good at backing defenders up into the box. He got into the box more than any other player five times, but he just, yeah, he just lost the ball a lot. He did, there was no uh, that old cliche there was no end product. He just couldn't then do something with the good positions that he created. And you know, it's his first start for goodness knows how long. So perhaps we can give him that break. And he was probably part of a team that was pressing high, and his his sheer presence and pressing at pace. I'm sure was advantageous to the side, but in terms of when he actually got the ball, he was probably the biggest disappointment by far uh, in that first half. James, what about yourself? What were you looking at uh, pre-game in terms of something to look out for and um, did it come to fruition? Or What was the biggest aspect that uh, pleased you in the performance last night? I thought that the um, the selection of... Uh, MJ was definitely the most interesting and the, the one aspect that I was most curious to see. Um, actually, the you know I, I I commented on Twitter right when I saw the lineups. To me, the most fascinating aspect of the lineups was actually Hibbs. I have no idea why Gogic was <laughs> was the plan. Um, I mean, I in my preview thread, I, I didn't even consider that they would go that route. I mean, I naive me apparently, but, um, you know, to, to have a so-called destroyer in that role, I guess is the mindset that they went with, but, um, I mean, he just did not offer anything and, um, you know, Rogic basically put him on a platter, um, and, and couldn't, he could not deal with Rogic and, and really anyone on our side. I mean, it, so I, that, that basically, that selection and the way they set up basically allowed us complete free reign. I mean, that's what I think was a big enabler of, of the, uh, the Ange ball through the middle that we were able to do and, and how Rogic was just absolutely rampant in, in that first half before he got injured. Um, so I, I thought, I thought that was the key to the game. Um, 
uh, up until that point and, and was an enabler to basically unleash what we've been hoping to see, which was a little bit more back and forth, more dynamism, less uh, kind of anchored, defensive, narrow, which is what we've been facing. Um, as so they play, they tried to play a little bit more, and with that selection, I didn't quite understand how they were going to piece that together, and we we punished them big time. Um, and I, you know, it was unfortunate we didn't convert a couple of more. Um, uh, chances from open play, obviously the big Kyogo chance, and I think uh, probably the uh, the the interesting left-footed effort from Turnbull um, were, were the two most prominent. Um, so, but yeah, I uh, the, the the Gogic and what the what the plan was from Hibbs was probably the most fascinating part to me. We'll pro- probably take it position by position, so we'll move back to the midfield in a second. Uh, Turnbull is a subject I, I want to touch on from this game. But uh, what about the move for Jota over to the right-hand side, uh, Alan? Did it work out? Um, you know, he yeah. on the left-hand side, he can cut in on his right foot and probably provides a, a different sort of danger from him. So how did he get on on, on the right-hand side? Well, what we didn't see was which we saw in abundance against St. Johnson was this tendency to be throwing the ball into the box a lot, which has been a bit of a feature even of the games that Celtic have been winning. And Jota is probably the most, you know, he has he has the most successful crosses and he has the most unsuccessful crosses of any Celtic player. He, about six and a half unsuccessful crosses a game, um, and he, and that wasn't the case. So we weren't just throwing the ball in; we're clearly playing through the middle, which was again counterintuitive to how Hibbs had set themselves up, where they packed three sort of workman-like midfielders into that central midfield position. You know, Gogic, Newell, and Doyle Hayes are all kind of grafters, really. Newell, Newell's got a bit of ability on the ball, and yet that's it was through the middle that Celtic seemed to find. Um, seemed to find the space not so much out wide. As I say, Johnson really didn't create very much um, for Celtic. And Jota had, you know, one, well, he obviously had the assist clearly, uh, and he created a couple of, uh, one other chance apart from that in the first half. But generally speaking, you know, he, he was quite quiet, really, <laughs> by his standards. Where he stood out again is just his ability to find space and get on the ball. And it's an easy thing to say, but it's just a wonderful habit to be able to have. It means he's working hard off the ball. It means his first touch is good. It means his body shape is good. He's getting into good positions. And remember, he's he's always um, receiving the ball in a, in a in, in, under a lot of pressure. So that aspect of his game certainly shone through in terms of packing. He was the he was the top receiver if you like, in that first half. But in terms of, you know, obviously the assist, clearly another assist for him. But otherwise, the two wide players were actually relatively quiet in that first half. And I think that was to do with a slightly different approach. Yeah. Is it, do you think that's probably not something to worry all that much about because so no. much play <laughs> did go through the middle? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Right. No, I mean, you know, you're always going to get inconsistent numbers from your wide players. I think Jota's shown, I mean, he to me, he got the stadium man of the match on Saturday, which was bizarre because I looked at the data and it was like, this is his quietest game by easily his quietest game of the season against St. Johnson. Um, you know, and he at least got an assist last night. So yeah, no, no issues at all. He's still getting into great positions. He's still getting on the ball. He's still linking the play well. He's still available. Uh, so yeah, no, no concerns at all. How how much closer are we getting to the magic number where you can tell us if you think we should sign him or not? <laughs> oh, I would. I would. I've seen enough. Uh, ten games. I've okay. seen enough. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I'd have him. Interesting. I'd I think him. that's the. Uh, I've I, I finally drawn it out of you. Um, so let's let's move, let's let's oh, go back God. to the midfield then. Uh, the man of the match last night, um, or at least on on Fotmob, um, their highest rated player was David Turnbull who got uh, two assists on the night. And I thought from what I've seen of him in the, uh, in the second half, at least he, he was uh, controlling the game quite well and didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, so James, David Turnbull, is he starting to grow into this role now? Because that's a couple of performances now he's put in that he has uh, shown himself to to be a key player when it comes to actually getting getting goals, getting assists. Yeah, I think the most encouraging part of his performance, I mean, he, he delivered on the set pieces, which we've talked about a lot over the last year. So those were just great deliveries. Um, 
so that that's almost like a uh, a specialist role that has a lot of value when he's able to do that. So um, I always kind of try to think of that separately because it is a, almost like a specialist thing um, where we've talked about some of his issues are more in open play. And I thought that was the encouraging part. I mentioned the kind of the funny left footed chance, but that was him running into the box. Um, and, and I think that's something that he, you know, uh, as, as I think about Angela's style of play and his midfielders, that's something that should be happening more and, and hasn't been all that much, particularly from Turnbull. So kind of that dynamic um, run into the box with a clear chance. And and it was an ugly uh, finish, but, um, you know, those are the kind of chances we want to see him have and, and make in, in that role. And then the other ones where he's, you know, he, he participated in uh, the, kind of the build-up play and the linking uh, with some of the clear-cut chances with Rogic through the middle. And um, that kind of, you know, one touch. We, we've talked about how he's a little slow on the ball sometimes, and um, he's he was able to really link up in that one-touch build-up, and I, I thought that was really encouraging. He also pressed, pressed pretty well, um, which I think that was early in the season. He was quite good and actually a, a bit better than Rogic and a lot of the pressing metrics, and he receded a little bit. Um, over the last month, let's say, where he he started to kind of drop off his levels a little bit. And um, yesterday that kind of flipped again, where he was um, the most active of the midfielders and in, in engaging and pressing and, and being aggressive and forward in that regard. So I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was a, a, a overall a, a really good performance. Um, you know, he, he's he's just never going to have that lightning speed. Um, and when you get up into a team like Hibbs, it has a little bit more athleticism. I think you can see that, but, um, yeah, I think overall, uh, a very well-rounded, um, performance outside of him, you know, maybe getting a goal and that's his shooting boots weren't on yesterday. So I think he was maybe one for seven or something on, on target. Um, but he was getting into decent positions, So that's good. Anything in the data that's been standing out to you with Turnbull, Alan, um, over the last couple of games? Well, what was fascinating about yesterday was that Turnbull ended up with the best stats, and yet McGregor and Rogic were the more influential players, I thought. <laughs> and, and I think it's something that James mentioned in his, his Twitter feed, that Rogic's numbers didn't tell you, did do justice to his performance, I suppose, is really what it was saying. And that's absolutely true. If you, if you, we, look through, we look at Rogic's numbers... Didn't you know, didn't win a single challenge. Zero and three on challenges was the most bypass player packed fourteen times. He did lead. He did lead the forwards in terms of recoveries. He had five, and that was probably quite key. You know, he only completed eighteen passes. Um, he, he 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 had two key. He created two chances, three secondary assists, mainly through being brought down for fouls um, in key areas. Um, you know, didn't have a single uh, shot <laughs> at all, <laughs> and was only got in the box a couple of times. So his, his, his numbers actually um, weren't that spectacular, Rogic. But I think it's one of the cases where he produced a number of moments in the game that, that actually ultimately turned the game, especially his his driving runs and his regains and being fouled that then led to, to those to those two goals. Um, so that, I think that was and, and, and just the eye catching nature of him bursting forward, and I think that that. That that all that all reflected, but the data underlying data, you know, he, Turnbull's numbers are far superior. You know, two assists, two other chances created, you know, it led the team in packing passes as well. Um, you know, so he, he just had a he just looked like he uh, his data was much much better. Um, and McGregor, I th- you know when I, I've just finished watching back the first half, to me McGregor absolutely ran the game. You know, it was just it just he, he, at one point he had like almost double the number of completed passes to any other player and again although his his attacking play uh, wasn't particularly noticeable he didn't have again any assisting passes and didn't you know he had one shot blocked at the edge of the box uh, which some people probably wouldn't even count as a shot um you know he just linked the play and he kept the, and he he was the fulcrum for keeping the the momentum and the play moving all the time so and again that would didn't necessarily come out massively in the data other than just 
or he made a lot of passes, you know, which, which people you know, doesn't tell you a huge amount. So I think it was one of those strange games where, you know, McGregor and Rogic were very eye-catching when you're watching the game, but Turnbull had the best stats uh, of mm. the two of them. But I think McGregor's form, uh, you're talking about the midfield in general, I think McGregor's form recently has been absolutely fantastic. I had him, I had him as my boy the match against St. Johnson. Uh, I thought, again, absolutely terrific. And we saw him get forward more. Um, I'll be interested to capture the second half to see how he did as an eight, but I don't recall him getting forward that much. And it maybe as much as Celtic were just managing the game well, um, it may be that actually McGregor has found his, his perfect home in that sixth position. The way, because, yeah. you know, Bitton's great in that position in some respects in terms of control, but obviously he doesn't move the ball as quickly and he doesn't have the acceleration that McGregor has. So you think he's going to pass it and then suddenly he, he drifts past two people and that's completely open, suddenly opens up the game for everybody else. By playing well recently, I presume you mean over the last four years, uh, because uh... <laughs> absolutely. But no, he's he's really hit for. I mean, he, you know, he was out. He was, I really mean, he's come back from his injuries. He seems to have really hit form. Um, yeah, uh, which he, I mean, he's always a consistent player. McGregor. It's not like he he dips in and out. But I, I, I think he's on a real purple patch at the moment. Yeah, I think uh, I think that sums up Tom Rogic in general. Is that he's just one of these players that is quite unquantifiable at times where he just produces moments of magic. And I, I like that's that's why I always say over the last maybe 10 years, yes, you have Dembele, yes, you have Edward, but I would say Tom Rodgick's probably my favorite player to watch uh, because when he does uh, his thing, he is an absolute joy to watch as a footballer and he just creates moments of magic like he did in the Scottish Cup final. Um, he did come off injured, which is worrying again, another injury. Um, not sure how long it's going to be, but uh, near Beaton came on in his stead. And as you said, Cal McGregor moved up into the number eight position with uh, near Beaton coming into the six. Is that something that we think is going to be the way going forward if Rogic is out for a sustained period of time, James? I can't think of another iteration at this point, given the um, cons- consistency with which Ange is gone with that now. Um, and the fact that Soro and McCarthy aren't even making the bench, um, I think would suggest... So glad we give McCarthy a four-year contract. <laughs> well, um, so I, I suspect that has to do with passing ability and passing range. Um, to, to Alan's point, I mean, I I don't think Beton at this point is uh, dynamic enough uh, as far as quickness or speed that he's, you know, a game changer in that regard. But uh, he, he does, and he always has been, you know, rel- other than his, you know, his ridiculous moments of madness that have been regular features, but kind of like reading the game type of intelligence, positional intelligence um, if in that central midfield role, you know, intercepting passes and being relatively smart uh, positionally, I think he adds some value there. And he, he just has a range of passing that no one else in that role would have um, the, of the available options. That is uh, the, the one thing I wanted to circle back on Rogic because I, I it, it was the one um, data metric or stat that jumped out to me, which I, I think maybe made it feel more than um, uh, more like he was, dominant is that he he was just really involved i mean it, to an un, unusual rate uh y scout had him engaged in 21 duels in uh his 44 minutes to, to put that in perspective turnbull had 27 over the whole game um so he was just in the mix a lot in that first half and, and while he was on and um so he was on the ball a lot you know as as alan said getting those five regains the the handful of brilliant passes that set things up and chances. I mean, that's so, yeah, that's an abnormally high level of involvement from him. Um, you know, that's more of like a whole game level of, of dual engagements as opposed to 44 minutes. Um, no wonder some string went. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he was, and that, that's the other thing. I mean, I, again, this is um, anecdotal, obviously and qualitative, but I, I mean, he looks leaner. He looks fitter he's 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 moving better um and and you know i don't think he's going to get uh, a, a lot quicker laterally but he he really is moving a lot better uh so that that's let's hope that this is just another you know week or two 
uh, hamstring issue. But as we know with hamstrings, <laughs> um, you know, need to get them healed because if the, the re-injury issue there is is a big deal. Do you, do you think we look a fitter team? Oh, I do. I don't even think it's close. Um, the amount that guy, just their physical profiles, guys look. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. like they've cut body fat. I mean, a guy like Rogic, I mean, he, he looked like he's down, you know, into a single digit kind of uh, body fat that I, my wife dreams of um, in our household, <laughs> multiply his body fat by about six, maybe. And you get my range, but uh, yeah, I mean, the guys are just really look lean. Yeah. No, I, mean, I just thought, sorry, and I was just thinking, you know, in the St. Johnson game, um, because uh, the Johnson game was a funny one in terms of the division among some of the support and some of the analytics community as well around whether that was a good performance or not a good performance or aspects of it certainly. But one of the thing I, the, the one thing one of the many things I was actually pleased about was just the level of fitness and the fact that you know once once the game had been won, there looked to be an absolute gulf between those two teams in terms of you know Saturday which is going for them in the end last ten minutes were just. Uh, you know, and, and they'd, they'd earned that right through patience, persistence, and wearing them down. Um, and the yeah. fitness golf just seemed huge. So, so the the you know, fitness is kind of a generic term people use. I, I think we definitely look in better shape, um, able to keep pressure up and athleticism <laughs> later in the games. My concern is, um, you know. I, I don't think there's ever been a formal confirmation, but I, I had had pretty good information that um, Celtic had adopted Zone 7, which is uh, machine learning software to help manage injury risk. And Zone 7 had put out a paper not too long ago about, um, you know, kind of the the nonlinear, um, you know, almost think of it like a parabola the nonlinear risk profile of, of soft tissue injuries with the amount of fixtures that these guys are playing with how stacked their club fixtures are on top of now international. And with a lot of these international windows going to three games, I mean, you got a guy like McGregor who's, you know, he got hit hurt on international duty. Kyogo did. I mean, these guys just are not getting the break um, or any kind of downtime to recover like they have historically. And, that, that's my concern is that our lack of depth, we're almost into a situation where it's a Sophie's choice, meaning that, you know, do you, and I put this in my thread, it's like, do you gamble on rotating some because the fixtures are going to be there? I mean, <laughs> you know, there, there's no getting away from playing twice a week and then going into international duty for most of these guys playing at least twice on international duty, sometimes three. And, 
you know, so do you gamble and rotate some knowing that you might drop points because of that? Uh, or at least you increase the risk. Again, these, none of these, these are all risks. It's not, it's all per, per, percentiles and per, probabilities, or do you gamble and say, Hey, we're just going to keep, you know, throttling these guys and, and hope that they don't get hurt. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, there, I don't think there's a right or wrong. It's a question of which, you know, just like picking which kid's going to live, <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. there's, 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 there's no right or wrong to that decision. It's, it's, you know, um, you're kind of, you you're might kind love, of, you might love one kid more than the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I genuinely think, um, I, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to any other teams in the SBFL, but I think Celtic are in a, a really unique position whereby I know the squad depth is is less than what it was in previous years, but the likes of Liam Scales, um, the likes of Montgomery, these players who can come in and do a job, not, maybe they might not be good enough to push the team on and be there if in the European fixtures, but against smaller sides like uh, Kilmarnock, like St. Mirren, where you have teams that are considerably weaker than you on a, a, a large scale basis across the league that you can't afford to, you know, maybe give Tony Rogic or Tony Ralston a rest and bring in Liam Scales at left back and put Juranovic to right back. The, those kind of small little things that might go a long way instead of taking the risk of them being out for four or five weeks. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it's basically a three-headed monster. I mean, you know, most of the rest of the guys aren't playing enough with the international break um, mixed in. Where you know, a guy like uh, Carter Vickers, he's going to get a blow. Starfelt's, you know, it's different with center backs as well. Um, but it, it's really about McGregor, Kyogo, and Rogic. I mean, you've got Kyogo and Rogic flying all over God's green earth <laughs> during international break. Um, and really they need to be playing every game from a competitive standpoint, um, you know, or, or else if they don't, you're, you're going to have a, 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 a non immaterial, uh, change in kind of probability in, in mm. games. So, you know, McGregor's going to play a lot for Scotland. They're in a huge window coming up. I can't imagine he's not going to have a huge role to play in that, um, and, you know, with Celtic still looking at a semifinal and hopefully a final in, in the League Cup, I mean, December is just going to be stacked um, with, with fixtures coming out of that international break. So it, it's 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 like what we had. I mean, when we had that really rough stretch in September and October, it was because we lost McGregor and Kyogo. And I just don't I don't see how that risk is going away, given given the factors that we just discussed. Sorry, Alan, go ahead. No, I, I think, you know, this is obviously changing all the time. So I think we're in a slightly better position in some cases. So I take your point and agree with you. And I think in defence, there's no reason why you can't rotate in certain games and, and really not detrimentally affect the strength of the team. And I think in now attack, you, you know, we're now in a position against St. Johnson for the first time in the season Bostokoglu could could swap out all three forwards, and that's great. Uh, it gives Celtic so many more options. Um, the problem is central midfield, and, and specifically, you know, if McGregor, Rogic, or Turnbull get injured, anything other than that is is suboptimal. Um, and uh, you know, and, and there is no there is no um, there's no answer to that. There's no kind of mitigation for that other than just making do and accepting it. Really, um, one one thing I would throw in out of left field is that the, the lad um, Scott Robertson is on loan at Crew Alexandra, um, and he's doing a little bit of a McGregor in the sense he's having a very impressive stint in 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 the English lower leagues with Crew. Um, so you know, is there an option to if he is impressing to bring him back and use use him to cover because he can play he can play as a central midfielder quite well uh, and you know if he's if he's learning in the hard <laughs> the hard knocks of english low league football believe me you'll 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 be able to cut it in the spfl in most games i'm pretty sure interesting one to keep an eye on i guess mm. um ralston is uh, someone that's been discussed in the comments quite a bit here and uh, as is uh carter vickers who you know ralston obviously got the opening goal of the night and carter vickers got a goal as well Looking quite solid, quite a consistent uh, starter as well since he came in on loan. Which of them do you want to start with here? Um, I know uh, Ralston is someone you've been discussing uh, 
semi regularly, at least Alan, on on uh, social media and in your your articles. So, do you want to take Ralston first and discuss how he's been, maybe impressing you or not so much impressing <laughs> you over the last couple of weeks? Where yeah, are we at now? I think I'm I think I'm near having to concede defeat on Ralston and accept the fact that he's done really well and deserves his place. Listen, as I keep saying, you got to love him. You got to love his attitude and what have you. And that sounds like sort of patronizing a little bit um mm. and it maybe it is but he you know he's really sort of holding down his place on on merit um you know james yeah. did a piece uh, on him um comparing him uh, the other, uh, during the week there i think on the celtic way uh, site and uh, uh you know I, I kind of feel like i ought to do something more in depth on him probably compare him to the recent right backs and do him justice really because you know this isn't this has gone beyond you know, he's doing he's doing a sterling job holding the fort whilst we get somebody better and he's he's actually holding his place now um on on and on merit um yeah can i can i, I just put know. on as well we, <laughs> yeah. we spoke about uh, the fitness and the hmm. the weight loss element i i genuinely believe that uh, tony Austin has lost in the guts of 10 kg or so from since the start of the season well he's a solid guy i mean he, <laughs> not only how, does how he run like that and how many pounds is that? I'm an oh American. God, I have no idea. I have no idea. You, <laughs> you guys use the the imperial system, like I know it is psychopaths. Two, I don't two, understand it. Two point two kilogram uh, pounds per kilogram. I know it is. You, you think he lost twenty yeah. pounds? Really? I, th- I think yeah. I genuinely think he's maybe he might lot. not have lost that yeah. amount of weight. I think he's lost a lot of fat. He's definitely yeah, that's a, fair like, enough. Yeah. He's he's a, he's a beefy guy, but it, it seems to have been converted to muscle as opposed to uh, to what he was carrying. No, I was told the but uh, not this. I think it was when this when he was on when he was eighteen. Um, so this is going back four years now. Uh, he was the 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 bench press champion at Celtic for an eighteen year old. You know, yeah, it doesn't it, surprise uh, me. His chest yeah. is massive. Yeah, he's he's a very not only does he run like a builder, <laughs> looks like a builder <laughs> physically. Um, listen, you, you know, you, you're not going to make him quicker. Is 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 again his body reaction speed? Is 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 quickness on the turn is not going to probably improve that drastically, and his distribution is is, is pretty ordinary in, in many respects. But you know, in, in all other regards, in terms of defensive solidity. Uh, getting into the box as well is is willingness to to play the way the team wants to play as well. You can't fault him, and I, I definitely need to do him more justice with a, a proper article. He de- he deserves nothing nothing less. <laughs> yeah, James, do you want to go into what you were talking about on Celtic Way then, and and what he's been uh, what you've been seeing with him? Yeah, so I mean, the the first caveat is that it's um, you know. Uh, 11 games so we're through one round of the of the league now i guess uh so domestically speaking we're, we're not talking about a huge sample size so that needs to be a caveat um but the production level you know kind of his raw output you know what kind of chance creation is he offering um to teammates you know we i, I think we all kind of feel his ballooned crosses more than um you know that has a a a, a outsized impact on perception for some, I think, um, relative to the just sheer amount of output that he's had, meaning that, you know, he had another goal, um, but that, that it's, those aren't flukes. I mean, he, he's getting into positions where he's having decent chances to score and he's actually been converting them probably at a, a, an unrealistically high rate relative to the quality of chances. You know, he's way outperforming his XG so far, but the raw XG is still really good. I mean, it's like Tavernier level. Uh, and that was kind of what I put in my, my article. Uh, and it, last year's Tavernier, like, last seasons where i have to say and that's what all the the penalties (laughs) yeah yeah, that's backing those out yeah that's backing those out strictly from open play yeah that's why i look at out from open play alan rangers don't get penalties what do you think (laughs) um so that his uh you know open play xa that that he's offering for teammates is uh again run rate meaning that he has to keep this up obviously and that's not assured um but it it and and the caveat is that tyranny was hurt a good bit of his last season but um if you thought tyranny his last season when he was playing was producing at a good level ralston's pretty much matching it or a little bit better uh in a lot of these metrics now there's one huge caveat um is that at the av- at the european level some of his defensive metrics start to fall off in a way that become 
problematic potentially. And that's, as Alan said, kind of lateral quickness. He, he, he has trouble with quick athletic at uh, European level one-on-one situations, I think. Um, and you know, a guy like he was on the opposite side for the most part, but you know, a guy like Boyle, you know, that, that's a kind of athleticism, quickness, pace that I think Ralston's probably just going to have some issues with, but domestically, he's not going to run into that that much. Um, and the value that is creating and an offering going forward, um, with all of the kind of bumps and wrinkles that he has with, you know, some of the refinement that, that hopefully he can continue to improve. And that's the other thing. I mean, he's only been in the system for a few months. Yeah, so he's 22. He's yeah, he, he turns yeah. 23, I think, uh, you know, in the next couple of months, maybe. So he's still very young in the grand scheme of things. Um, half my age, actually. He, he, um, he actually looks like a builder that smoked about 30 a day for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So, and he's been around for so long. I mean, that's the other thing, you know, he, he made his debut at such a young age. So I, I think he could still get better in some aspects. Um, so, I mean, I, I think he, I think the big question now for me is can he um, improve enough on the margins within the context of the system he's playing in, to be a legit European level option. And I'm still skeptical on that. I mean, I, I hope so. Uh, as I've professed, he's my favorite player now because um, I enjoy watching him play so much. He's kind of supplanted McGregor a little bit in that regard. Um, McGregor's 1A. But um, yeah, I, I, I think at the domestic level, you know, for almost every other team outside of, you know, like a Ryan Kent level a Rangers winger, he's more than shown that he's, he's, you know, he can hang in there and not only do that, but as Alan said, it's going to be tough to get him out of that position. And it creates a, a bigger question, which is, you know, when Taylor comes back, who's the odd person out. And mm. I think six weeks ago, the vast majority of people, even the most optimistic on Ralston would have said he would have been the obvious person. And I don't think that's the case anymore. I think there's a legit debate and discussion to be had who, who out of the three get, gets selected. Yeah. Well, as, as well as adding depth to it, it does add that layer of competition, which if you ask any former pro, the having competition element um, to push you on to levels that you might not have been willing to subconsciously maybe, or, or otherwise not being able to push yourself onto, you know, that element of keeping his place might actually Give him, let him go to the next level and maybe outperform where he is at the minute. Um, you're watching and listening to the Huddle Breakdown. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit the uh, subscribe button below and you'll get notified every time we go live. It's usually on a Wednesday or Thursday. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well, at Huddle Breakdown, and you can uh, get our podcast in all the usual spots. Be sure to give us a thumbs up on iTunes and, and leave a rating as well because it lets uh, more people see it. Um, before we finish up then, Alan, I know you have to go. So um, Cameron Carter-Vickers, I know you've you've already put your uh, uh, laid your cards on the table when it comes to Jota. Uh, how quickly or otherwise do you think we'll know if Carter-Vickers is someone that we want to make permanent after his loan spell? Yep. So I think he's made a very impressive start, right? I mean, his defensive numbers, again, he's just well, 10, 10 appearances, right? So he's, he's pushed my benchmark for making comment. But, you know, so, yeah, he's, I mean, his numbers, his defensive action success, his possession win, which are the two aggregated defensive metrics I use. And when I, when I plot central defenders, um, the eye, it meets the eye test. So, again, in the top right corner, which is good, you get the likes of Van Dijk, Ayer, Julian, people like that. In the bottom left-hand corner, you get your Jack Henrys and your Effie Ambrose. Carter Vickers is right in the top, in the, you know, in that top, top right quadrant at the moment after 10 games um, so he's made a very impressive start um, again I'm led to believe the manager loves him loves his attitude loves the way he plays he's playing like a player who, who looks like he's really happy and comfortable and feels valued I would be astonished if we didn't try and do some do some business to make him uh, permanent and on the way he's playing at the moment that would be absolutely the right thing to do um, and again he's not he's, he's probably more physically um like Ralston in terms of his body shape, but he's no more, he's no taller than Starfelt, so he's probably barely touching six foot. But yeah, you know, he's been the sort of aerially dominant partner. Um, you know, he's winning around about five, six um, aerial duels, he loses very, very few. 
um, not not losing many um, uh, ground jewels either, really. And and and, and relative compared to Starfelt, you know, probably half as error prone, frankly, as well. Um, and he's weighed in with a couple of goals. Uh, what I like about him, in addition, is his, is, is his passing and his range of passing. As I say, as I said last week, in particular, I mean, he's actually only behind McGregor in terms of pack passes per ninety minutes, which is quite quite uh, quite something. Uh, and in particular, he seems to have formed a really good um, wavelength with with Rogic. And if, I don't know if you recall, but um, the the most prolific uh, combination of passing the sort of relationship if you like the Celtic have had in recent years has been Rogic and Forrest I'm thinking if you can get Carter Vickers, Rogic and Forrest all playing in the same team you, you could see some fireworks in terms of moving through the lines really well so um, yeah a lot to a lot to like and admire so far in those 10 games and I think he I'd be astonished if Celtic don't try and do something to keep him yeah I I know it's a small sample size but uh, so far where does he benchmark against Gillian? Yeah, I mean, like I say, he's he's up in that same sort of quadrant. He's 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 in over eighty percent for defensive action success rate, which is eighty percent is like the benchmark for really really good by by Celtic standards. And he's his possession possession wins from defensive actions. This is this isn't like you know passing remove all passing from this. So just from defensive actions, his possession possessions one is like ninety eight percent, which is pretty phenomenal and unsustainable. I would suggest again. Okay. A Julian would be probably ninety percent. So if you're if you're like at eighty percent for your defensive action success rate and ninety percent for your possession win percentage, you're 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 in that kind of upper quadrant, and he's well in there at the moment. Yeah, uh, Blue Mountain is commenting saying that Levy will demand about ten million for uh, Cameron Carter Vickers. Uh, if you think he is better than uh, Starfelt, um, will Celtic pay James? Uh, Ten million is not something Celtic are going to pay if they're no, going to be paying six no, million. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's right. Sorry, I don't think that's right. Uh, what what they've done with Carter Vickers is they've, they've loaned him out every year. They've had him, and they keep they keep extending his contract by a year. So I don't think he's ever got more than a year left on his contract. And I think there was like a, from, what, from what I recall, I think there's a, a a fee already agreed for him. Right. Yeah, I think oh, that just nowhere near that. Nowhere yeah, I think it's that. only a couple of million. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think that. That I actually wrote a bunch about this on um, within the context of Hendry uh, leaving Celtic about the value of um, player options in, in you know loan to buy kind of uh, situations and how that might be uh, an area of the transfer market that's a little mispriced. I mean that there's some value to having that option where you say okay at a certain at a specific price we're going to test this guy out and if he fits and everything works well then we know what our cost is going to be but if we don't and it doesn't work out then you know have him back um so yeah i i think uh carter vickers i i think if i remember is a couple million maybe two or three million yeah, two, and a half, two and a half i think yeah 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 whereas jota i think is uh you know six something half, six, yeah, six 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 and a half, half. yeah it's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah so it's steep as well well, just to put it into context, I mean, the starting center back for that, I mean, we paid, what, seven for Julian, um, something around that. So, you know, for as far as uh, value, um, I, and this is where I think the, the bigger question is going to come down to when hopefully Julian gets back fit. Um, and I, I, I still think that that's a real appealing combination, him and uh, Carter Vickers, because of some of that um, aerial dominance that Julian brings. Um, and we saw that with the goal, you know, I, I think Carter Vickers is because of his power and, and, you know, again, is in is kind of positional intelligence. Uh, he does really well against, um, you know, in open play battling for, for aerial duels. I think it gets tougher a guy, his stature, when you've got people running at you and leaping in corners. Um, and, and, you know, so I, th- I think, it's just going to be really helpful if we get somebody in there who can be, you know, the real ball hawk on on set pieces, um, uh, to, to kind of clear out like a like a Duffy did when he was effective in playing, or or um, or Julian um, when when he's been fit. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. We're nearing the January transfer window as well, so 
we might have a, a look at a couple of players that Celtic could be looking at over the course of the, the next couple of months. Uh, but that is where we'll leave you for this evening's Huddle Breakdown. Thanks to everyone who was watching live on YouTube. If you were watching live, make, make sure you hit the subscribe button below. It helps the channel grow and uh, more people will see it, essentially spread the gospel of the Huddle Breakdown. Uh, Alan, James, thanks very much for that. Thank you, Ender. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, the uh, podcast will be live in the usual channels as well. So make sure you look on Spotify and wherever you get your podcast apps as well. We'll be back again next week with a Livingston. Hopefully Celtic beat Livingston this week. Like, I mean, it has to come at some stage. Livingston are unbeatable at, at home. At home. pretty well against has to come. No, has to come. Yeah. no problem at home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's 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 hope that it is uh, the <laughs> the title of next week's show is six wins in a row for Celtic. But until then, we'll chat to you later. Good luck. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.